Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Reverman. Dean, automation is kind of a part of our lives. A little bit. In our personal everyday lives, there's a Mm -hmm. lot of stuff we automate these days. IoT has become a big part of our automation strategy. Maybe maybe you have an alarm system that uh, automates whenever you get a certain distance from your home. Mm -hmm. Maybe you have, you know, uh, other technology that automates itself, you know, at certain times of the day. I got lights that turn on at certain times. You know, I'm pretty, I I got some automation going on over here. And in our channel, we talk a lot about automation too. We talk about it with our Mm -hmm. customers a lot about how to automate your business and make Mm -hmm. it easier to do your job by incorporating automation. Mm -hmm. But did you know that a lot of our VAR partners and the businesses that sell automation Automation may not be too good at automating within their own company. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. No. Guess what the topic of today's show is. <laughs> That's right. We're going to be go. talking about business automation. Uh, this is another topic from our Tech Connect Today newsletter. Ah, yes. That we are diving into. So we're going to get into this idea nice. of embracing automation in your own business, not mm. just what you're putting out to your customers. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, what your business can gain from automation, uh, some tools to consider, some things, where places where maybe you could be automating within your business that maybe you haven't thought of or aren't doing already. Yeah, but it's um, good stuff. Yeah, this is good it stuff. It is, yeah. And then we're going to recommend some other automations of our own, too, of uh, some ideas yeah, we think you know, it's like you you people out. forget... You about that kind of stuff. You know, let's get in-house and, and figure out how we can make stuff a little bit more efficient through exactly. automation. Because if you're doing it internally yourself, it's only going to make your business better And as you're going out there to your customers. Bingo. Yeah. So uh, all that plus our usual value to the VAR and what's tech connecting with us, it's time to plug in and get connected. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. It's time to get connected. All right, so let's let's dive into this. As I mentioned, this is one of our, our new Tech Connect Today articles. Um, we, we've done a couple from this before. Mm-hmm. Again, highly recommend you sign up for that newsletter. You can go to Tech Connect Portal at BlueStarInc.com to yep. sign up. I believe if you sign up for the newsletter on the homepage at BlueStarInc.com, you'll start getting this as well. Yep. Um, I'll actually put out a link to our first issue in the show notes. There you go. So yep. you can go ahead and, and see what it's like and get a feel for for the uh, the content. But this is an article that's going to be coming up in the next issue that's, mm-hmm. that's coming very soon. Um, and we wanted to give you, as a, again, a little sneak peek and kind of riff and, and expand upon that particular topic. Yeah. Uh, so this one is, is, is called uh, Four Reasons to Embrace Business Automation. And it kind of, you know, it explains exactly what we've been talking about, this idea that uh, when you're in the world that we're in, the business we're in, whether you're a VAR, whether you're in a software company, mm-hmm. that you're probably preaching some automation mm-hmm. to your customers sure. on, a, on a somewhat regular basis. Like, hey, you should incorporate this into your business because it's going to automate this process. Yeah, it's gonna oh, make, 100%. It's going to make pick pack faster. Yeah. It's, it's gonna Especially make, the ADC guys out there. Yeah, I mean, they, they it, just live exactly. this. Exactly. That, yeah. is, that is the whole concept behind that, right. yeah, is, to, is to automate and make things yeah. easier. Yeah. So, I mean, automatics, even in the word, the phrase, you know, <laughs> hello, automation. <laughs> Uh, so, so there's four bullet points. I'm going to toss these out and we'll kind of riff on these. These are the initial four things that they recommend of, uh, of, uh, why, you know, it's going to benefit your business. So the first one is greater efficiency, you know, mm-hmm. increase efficiency within your business, mm-hmm. then better user experiences, mm-hmm. 
greater profitability. Who doesn't want to hear that? Mm-hmm. And the foundation for growth. Mm. So, Dean, I'll let you start here. What you know? What? How do you want? What do you want to fill uh, in? There? Let's go off the top one. There. Okay. Greater efficiencies, because when I hear the word automation, I'm thinking efficiencies, right? right I mean, right. what? Yeah, we live in that world. We're trying to make things even more efficient uh, throughout a workflow or a process or something like that. So, but when you think about you know your business automation, there are some efficiencies that can come through automation that that you might not be thinking of right now. And and, and here, here, I mean, I I hear you because, you know, businesses are so busy, especially resellers that that we are dealing with. I don't care if you're on the ADC side, the POS side, digital side, it doesn't matter. You are busy with trying to get the next deal in and you're trying to work on your customer satisfaction and what the project is and getting the project moving forward. and, And I get it. That can be all consuming. But if you take a step back and now that things are starting to open up a little bit in our community and maybe we're coming a little bit out of this pandemic, you know, now's the time to kind of maybe sharpen the blade on your business, you know, the, the back of house stuff yeah. at your business yep. and figure out, hey, should we look at automating some of these? But when you think about one of the very first things that automation would bring and we'll get we'll dive a little bit here on where some of those areas are. Think efficiencies. I mean, you know, hopefully your business is going to grow again this year. And so how are you going to do that? Are you going to bring in more resources? Maybe not. You know, sometimes coming out of at least the shock that we've had over the last year and a half, people might be a little gun shy on hiring people. So if your business increases, you how are you going to accommodate that? Well, one way that you can do that is through some business automation and you'll gain more efficiency. So you still have the name, same amount of people, but let's look for ways to make our business more uh, efficient through some of these automations. So, right. and, and like I said, we're going to get into it, but that's where I'd start, greater yeah. efficiency. Yeah. And let's be honest, no matter what, what industry you're in, what industry your focus is, what you do, You've probably had your business impacted in some way over the last year. Oh, yeah. Some way, somehow. It, it's likely that you maybe had to shift to your work from home model for a lot of your, yep. your employees. Uh, you had to change your office strategy. You had to change your sales strategy. Obviously, you're not getting out in front of people as, as much. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of changes that already happened. And to your point, yes, going into this year, as we start opening back up, as people get vaccinated, as we start getting back to whatever business as normal is going to be, mm-hmm. I, I guarantee you, you know, you and your executive team are sitting down and having to think about, hey, what happens next? Do we continue the work from home? Um, does this change the way we approach our customers? Is there new stuff that we tried out that worked that we're going to stick with? So while that change is already being built into what you're planning on doing over the coming year or two as it is, there's no reason why not to start exploring, hey, how can we automate our business and, and find those efficiencies that will just make us better at this point? Absolutely. And so you're looking for things like you're going to streamline the workflows that you have or right. eliminate redundancies. I love that one yes. because, right, when you get caught up in your day-to-day business, you don't realize the redundancies that are going on. You might have a teammate that, believe it or not, is doing the exact same thing that you're doing, uh, and and so that's not very efficient. No. So, But if you take a step back and look at your business and look for streamlining workflows, or eliminating redundancies. These are good areas to, to kind of focus in in. And oh, by the way, if you do find some little nuggets there that you can improve, the second bullet that you threw out is improving a better user experience. Yep. I mean, think about that. That's, that. that's kind of flipping your mindset over to, okay, the customers, how can I make my business more efficient and it's going to improve their experience? And we'll dive into that here in just a second, but, right. but keep that optic in there as well because... 
there might be some pain points that you don't even realize of doing business with you. I mean, if you take a step back and say, oh my gosh, I got three people doing the same thing. I got some redundancies here. Just imagine what your customer might be going through and trying to navigate that as well. Like, oh, I went to her for, for a certain thing, but wait a minute, this person's doing the same thing over, what's going on here? creating confusion, yep. maybe lowering your overall user experience. So, um, you know, what automation can bring, at least one of the things that people propose, is that better user experience is going to come out of these increased workflow efficiencies and, and streamline yep. Uh, yep. that you're going to get. Exactly. So, Well, and it can also could potentially compensate for... <clears throat> If you did have to have a reduction in workforce, mm -hmm. and you're still struggling to make that up, like you, you don't, you're oh, not in really a position to make that up yet. Yeah, user experience can take a hit if mm -hmm. you have fewer people that can help out. Mm -hmm. But again, if if you're trying to supplement some of that with some form of automation, you know, finding ways that okay, the stuff that we usually had these two or three people that did before, now we've only got one. Mm -hmm. Hey, if you're automating their job in some way and finding processes that are going to make things more fast and easy and efficient for them, mm -hmm. then there's a good chance they can stay on target with what they've always done and the user experience doesn't get changed. So yep. this can be about not necessarily even just improving user experience, although that's ideal too, but maybe just making sure that it doesn't decrease from where it was, that nobody feels like that something's missing from before. Like, yeah. hey, when I used to work with you guys, uh, this was all a, a great seamless experience, and now mm -hmm. it seems like things aren't as good or as clunky as more, more clunky than they used to be. It's not as streamlined as it used to be, and that could be because you have some internal issues that you just can't avoid right now. And, and this could be a great way to make sure that doesn't happen. Well, and one of those areas that we could maybe you know maybe it's it is the customer service angle because yeah, a lot of businesses out there, you know, if they had to cut back or reduce workforce, it might have been on that you know in that realm, and so. To your point, the importance of having good customer service hasn't gone away. No. It's just the fact that now you have fewer resources. But if you take a step back, there may be some ways that you can automate that uh, through hint, hint, chatbots or something like that um, that that might be able to help you and regain maybe some of that that you lost by those resources that you no longer have. Right. Or if alternatively, if you're in a, in a position where your business has actually grown, because yes, there have been some instances where we actually, we do have quite a few partners on the ADC side when you deal with transportation logistics and stuff like that, business is actually doing pretty well because, right. you know, as we all know, a lot of stuff's getting delivered right, right now. Right. Um, so the inverse can happen. So maybe now you have more business and the resources that you had, you haven't had a chance to sit back and say, oh my gosh, you know what, we need more customer service reps or something like that. You can can augment that and uh, through automation. So, yep. uh, one of uh, the other bullet point you threw on the table was all leading to greater profitability. You know, at the end of the road, one of the one of the things that I guess that automation brings to the table it says, hey, you know, through these efficiencies, through this streamlined process, you're going to get better profitability because whatever it is, whatever automation you're making back a house, in theory. Uh, it's going to cost you less than it had you put a human resource behind it, number one, or if you didn't have it in place, the business that you're losing. So right. you're adding greater profitability to your company by doing automation. And uh, so I like that one. And then I'll, I'll just riff on the last one, too, that foundation for growth. 100%. You know, I know that resellers out there, again, we've got, you're going to have some in the position this year that where business is going to start coming back. You're going to start seeing, you know, some uh, some repercussions of, of a lot of the stimulus that's been put in place and stuff like that. And so you want to be 
properly founded, if you could, if I could use that word, <laughs> to grow now into the future. And one way, again, if you're a little gun shy on the resources, you got to look at automation and some of the things that that we're going to talk about here that that can help you get there. Yeah. Well, it's you know to that point, if 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 there's stimulus money involved, or you know, if again you you've had a successful year in spite of everything else going on. There's an opportunity there to invest, and there's an opportunity to invest wisely. Mm -hmm. And this is the kind of stuff that if you're looking at, hey, what can we do to make our business better and grow our business? I think this automation idea is a great place to start. Like, hey, we've got the ability. We've got the the funding. We've got the, the, uh, the growth model you know, in front of us. We know what we want to do. And we've got our chance to do it right now because you may not have this chance again in the future oh, for a absolutely. variety of reasons, yeah. obviously. So, and I'm going to go back. This might be your moment to strike. I'm going to go back to a podcast that we just had with uh, with James Cordy about the Challenger kind of model. And in one of the things that we talked about there is, well, a little bit of it is, you know. Uh, understanding what's what's going on and then challenging to a certain degree the norm. So where I'm at now, John, is I'm thinking to myself, you know, resellers, not everybody's the decision maker. Not everybody's, you know, at the top of the food chain. But uh, if you're working at a reseller right now listening to this and maybe there you see an area where you think the company could benefit from automation right where you were going, maybe now's the time to speak up. Mm -hmm. Maybe now's the time to challenge the way that you do business today and say, hey, why don't we bring in, why don't we look to bring in a little bit of automation here to help the company because I think we're going to grow. And if we grow, that means there's going to be some pain points. So maybe we can get out in front of this a little bit with an investment now to help. Yep. So, you know, maybe uh, even everybody really should be kind of looking at your business and saying, hey, do we have a good foundation right now for growth? Are, are we are we prepared to go and do what we need to do? Yep, definitely. Yeah. So, well, then let's start talking about some of the specific tools. You hinted at yeah. a couple already here, um, and and there's different ways you can combat or that you can help yourself and find all these gains that we've discussed. Those four points of where you can gain. Mm -hmm. One of the first ones is this is going to help obviously out with your internal efficiency. You know, all these things when you implement them can potentially impact all the other talking points that we've had so far too. But in particular, when we talk about efficiency and you start thinking about, hey, what can we automate within our own business, just in everyday work that will make things smoother and faster, whether it is, again, compensating for, you know, fewer employees, or whether it is simply changing up the way we do things in order to make it faster and easier. Mm -hmm. And that might satisfy our customers or simply just to make make the lives of and jobs of the people within the company a little bit easier and smoother. So one of the first ones that we recommend in that particular article is Professional Services Automation, or PSA. This is the kind of stuff where it's, it's all this behind-the-scenes stuff that's happening within your business every day. All this stuff is stuff you're going to recognize. Accounting, invoicing, collaboration, document management, proposal generations, CRM integrations, time and expense. All the stuff that any, any reseller, any company, honestly, in general, but especially our reseller you know, friends, are are dealing with on a on a daily basis. All this stuff is happening in your business. There's, there's always going to be accounting. There's always going to be invoicing. You're always going to be creating proposals. You're always going to be managing the documents in mm -hmm. your business. Mm -hmm. All of that stuff can be automated in one way or another. And if you find ways to make that automation happen, that's the kind of stuff that's only going to improve your overall business. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I'm going to be perfectly honest. This acronym, PSA, was new to me. You know, what is a professional <laughs> services automation? I was reading up on it a little bit, and, and now I understand. The way that – here's the, some helpful things that I, when I read the definition or the explanation. It's analogous to an enterprise resource planning software. So ERP, you know, that's used in manufacturing and stuff mm -hmm. like that. We've got resources. We need to plan them. Uh, so everybody, everybody throws 
throws that acronym around all yep. the time. Oh, can it, does it have an API that can tag into my ERP? Right. Yeah. Okay. Whatever, you know, type of a thing. So, but PSA, professional services automation. So this is, this is the ERP for folks that do services. Right. Hello. That's a lot of our resellers. Of course, when you think services, I think a lot of people think stuff like, oh, accountants, lawyers, you know, doctors, you know, right, these are right. services that people are providing. But value added resellers provide services as well. So where PSAs are really starting to grab hold would be in the IT environment, mm -hmm. information technology, especially IT services departments and firms, MSPs, those types of folks. To your point, when you look at the business and everything that's happening, the accounting, the invoicing, the, the documentation, uh, all that back of house, you're probably using a couple different systems. I know we are yep. at Blue Star yep. using a couple of systems to do that. So what PSAs do and what the Nirvana is, is it starts to bring some cohesion to a lot of those. And you can gain the efficiencies and streamlining workflows and stuff like that to help automate some of those things. So professional services automation, honestly, was new to me, but I kind of like it. Yeah, I kind of yeah. like the whole concept uh, and, and, and realize the value immediately of what, what these folks are talking yeah. about. And I like the idea that this is stuff that's meant to tackle anything that's repetitive and redundant within mm, your business. Yep. So if I always look at this as if there's something you find yourself doing manually, in some mm -hmm. manual sense, day in, day out, constantly, and you, think of, and you start thinking to yourself, isn't there a better way? Is there a better way this can be automated? And I know sometimes people hear automation and think like, oh, does that mean we're going to, there's people who's, who are going to lose their jobs. Like maybe mm -hmm. I don't need five, you know, accounts, accounts receivable or accounts payable folks mm -hmm. when we can automate this process and, and make it yeah. faster. It doesn't necessarily mean you get rid of anybody either. One, you find a way to reallocate them into other jobs that, that are beneficial to your business as well. But more importantly, it might just simply mean that they get even better and faster and smarter at their jobs. Mm -hmm. And they're able to, they're, they're able to process more every day. They're able to take care of, of more. You're, you're paying your bills faster and that's, that's keeping your, your vendors happier. You are getting your bills paid faster and that's keeping your, your internal execs happier because mm -hmm. more money's rolling in and you're, you're hitting your goals at the end of every month instead of having to wait because something didn't get invoiced fast enough. Again, it's this idea of just getting rid of the redundancies and the repetitiveness in your business in ways that, that will make you more efficient ultimately. You know, we've talked about it that you, you can't be afraid of automation. When you hear that word, I guess it still does have that stigma to it, you know, oh, automation. That means people are going to lose their jobs. And uh, you hit the nail on the head. I think companies that understand the fact that, look, if we can bring in some automation to gain efficiencies, it's not that we want to replace resources because any smart business owner will know if you have an employee that's worth their weight, I guess, and whatever, that's it, it, worth it. Even if they, if you automate a certain part of their process, the the, the knowledge that they have in your business, uh, the acumen that they are bringing to the table around your business, if they're open to repurposing or going that way, oh my gosh, your business is going to be so much better by using those employees in different ways. So, yep. okay, so maybe we're automating the billing process over here a little bit, but that doesn't mean that Charlie can't now, we can't utilize Charlie and everything that he knows about our business in a, in a different way. You know, mm -hmm. maybe it is over in, in a little bit more in customer service. He's going to get more involved in customer service, something like that. So you're you're dead on there. Automation should not be this this thing. It's like, oh my God, no, people no. are going to lose their jobs. We're making things more efficient along the way. And oh, by the way, you kind of have to be there because your competition, if you got some young upcoming company or something like that, they're going to have a lot of automation right. in the background. You need to compete. You need to be more efficient. You need to look 
look at some of these things like PSAs that, that can help you along the way. Yeah. Well, and let's be honest, in today's work environment, we are often expecting people to have more than one hat that they wear in their oh, day-to-day yeah. job. It's not just, oh, really? I'm just the person that sits here <laughs> and does this. It's, I'm the person who does this, 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 and then sometimes I come back around and do this again. Yeah. And I think of like when, when I was still in the, the business development role here at Blue Star, mm-hmm. and I had, you know, up to at one point four four vendors that I was helping manage, you know, and there's a lot of different things you do in that BDM role and a lot of different things to manage. But just one simple thing was reports, for yep. instance. Yep. And I remember, distinctly remember, the first of every month being just, I just basically th- said, that's report day. I will literally be able to do nothing else this day yeah. because I'm going to have to run all these reports, mm-hmm. slip gains, mm-hmm. monthly POS mm-hmm. reports, all this stuff I'm going to be doing for these vendors throughout the day. Yep. And it was a long main, even though, you know, I'm doing most of that work, you know, pulling stuff out of our database and doing mm-hmm. spreadsheets and all the, all the cool little macros and, and stuff that I learned how to do to, to refine those ports. It still was a very long time consuming oh, process. Yeah. Painful. And then eventually we introduced Power BI. Oh. And, you know, th- th- and granted, I was still a little old school for a while and kept doing it on my own because I was used to it. But mm-hmm. I know that that process got a lot easier for a lot oh, of folks. Oh, man. And it was so much faster to just, hey, I just go in here, click XYZ for what I want to do, and there's my report. And suddenly, instead of taking three hours to put together one report, it's, you know, maybe half an hour to get everything you need. Hey, we ran the numbers. Uh, as a management sure. team, we ran the numbers on the efficiency that just that alone, because we had to go to certain people on the accounting side, God love them, and prove that, hey, I, yes, we know Power BI is an investment and stuff like that, right. but it's going to be worth it. And here's how. Here's yep. all the hours that we're going to save. We ran the we ran the analysis of how many hours it was taking for our entire team of BDMs to run their reports. Yep. Absolutely no-brainer to bring in Power BI. So so that is one of those PSAs, I guess. You know, it's not up under an umbra- a holistic umbrella of a PSA, but it is definitely one tool that has dramatically helped our specific department yep. over the last year and a half or so. So well, and again, it can make it, a big difference, but now you had more eight hours back of your life exactly. <laughs> to do other things. Yeah. And and that's exactly the point. It's not, it's not like we we're replacing John, but now John's more <laughs> efficient. And oh, by the way, maybe he can do other things for the company. Now, granted, I enjoyed having a full day where I could just listen to podcasts all day long because I was just doing mindless busy work. Maybe I was a little bit bummed about that. Like, oh, wait a oh, minute. I got to take man. these out. I got to take out the earbuds and actually focus on something. But that was just me, I guess. So, uh, but you know, again, it goes back to this whole concept of practicing what you preach because you are probably mm-hmm. out there every day talking mm-hmm. to customers about how they can be more efficient and how they can get stuff done by mm-hmm. adding a little bit of this or that, a little bit of technology one way or another. We're always talking about, hey, how can this help the end user, wh- whoever that person is, whether it's someone in a warehouse or a doctor or whatever, how's this going to help them put more meaningful time into their day that they can spend focused on you know, getting these widgets in a box and out the door, mm-hmm. helping more patients, you know, all that stuff that we talk about and getting more customers through the checkout lane and, and more money brought into your business. Again, it's all it's all the same concept. There's no reason you should be doing it yourself because it's eventually going to impact you the exact same way. 100%. So let's talk about a couple more of these here. Um, <clears throat> and I want to get into these next two, which I feel like kind of can impact the user experience, mm-hmm. um, and that's chatbots. You referenced that earlier, mm-hmm. and a help desk. Mm-hmm. So two kind of similar but different things here in a way. Obviously, a chatbot. You know, it, we're all familiar with these by now. There's not, you know, you, there's plenty of websites you go to that will have a chatbot will pop up in the corner and say, "Hey, how can hey. I help you today?" Yeah. You know, or "Hey right. there," you know, anything I can do for you. What mm-hmm. are you looking for? Mm-hmm. 
that kind of stuff where I know there's some people that are very resistant to those and just like, no, I don't want to, like, I talk to people, I don't talk to this thing. Mm -hmm. But you'd be surprised how many people engage them. And I will say that because we have started using it ourselves. Yep. You know, if you go to bluestarinc.com, yep. there are some of our vendor pages where mm -hmm. a chatbot will pop up. And I'm, I am involved sometimes in the background of that stuff and, mm -hmm. and the inner workings. I've used it for some of our marketing projects. I see how it works. And you'd be surprised how often people come in there. And we'll ask a quick question. Someone can jump into the conversation and chat with them. Or if not, it can take a phone number and an email address and, and let us reach out to them later. Again, it's that simple step where you're saving a phone call. You're saving maybe some time for someone in customer service or someone even on your sales team to have to take a very simple call or conversation. And, and, and you're just freeing up some time. And imagine, again, over the course of a day, let's say you get... 40 people engage with a chat bot throughout the course of a day and ask mm -hmm. maybe some simple questions that some of these chat bots can be set up to be highly oh, yeah. you know, intelligent mm -hmm. and automated where someone says, hey, I'm looking for this product. And it'll say, okay, give me a little more detail about it. And it will send them right to the page where they can buy it. No human had to be involved in that transaction whatsoever. So that was one less phone call maybe that someone in sales or in customer service had to take mm -hmm. where they had to spend time showing somebody how to get to something or placing an order on their behalf. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's more time, they, maybe that's one extra phone call that they squeezed in from a customer that day. Mm -hmm. If you think about like the end of a month when you're trying to, you're trying to wrap every sale you can and maybe you're yep. you're up against some some hard you know numbers you're trying to reach and you're yep. getting close. If you think about having just you know a dozen extra phone calls that day that you mm -hmm. managed to squeeze in could yeah. make the difference. That doesn't matter to the customer who's trying to get yeah. a hold of you. I mean, yeah, you're trying to end your your month strong and close out your projects, but what about that <laughs> what about that new customer? Yeah. That you finally the marketing that you were doing is working, they come to your website and oh I can't get anybody on the phone. I can't. They what? don't. They don't care that you're bummed out that they're only buying the five dollar item. Right. That five dollar <laughs> item is still important to them. Well, and the experience they have buying that is going to matter to them. Even if you're looking at it and going, "Great, why I make I make fifty cents off that five dollar item," yeah. and I'm not interested in selling that right now. Now, I think you teed this up one up really well, and and not to hammer a lot on chatbots, but obviously we're big fans of it. And when you think about customer service and what your company is doing to serve your customers, both existing and prospective customers, well, I really do believe chatbots can be one of those automation things that you implement today mm -hmm. that would have a dramatic effect on your business. Now, it'll take a little time. You know, as with any of these automations, you're investing a little bit to get the things up and running, uh, put a little bit of thought behind it, and chatbot is certainly one of those things. Right. You know, we use Drift. You can you can go there. You're still going to have to set up some of the AI yeah, there's, behind there's work it. To be done. There's a little yes. bit of work to be done, yeah. but the payoffs is going to be there because I'm going to give you a use case as you were talking, man, you were nailing it right on the head. If, if you have limited resources, let's say you're a reseller and you only have a couple sales reps that are that are servicing an area. And yeah, it's the end of the month and, and you might have some new prospect trying to get a hold of you. Well, if you have a chatbot implemented and you've got some AI going on there, number one, you might be able to answer that person's question. They have great customer experience with you. Great. They're going to feel a little bit better about maybe doing business with you. But let's say the chatbot isn't answering the questions. We've integrated some chatbots where, okay, maybe we get to the end of the road on this conversation, can't really answer exactly what you're looking for, but you can book an appointment right now with an expert. Right. So your sales team might be, you know, all arms trying to trying to close out business, but how nice would it be if a prospect gets all the way down to a certain level and they're like, oh man, no, I still got questions. Oh, okay. What's a, what's a convenient time for you? Here is the calendar of our sales mm -hmm. rep. Just pick one. 
Yep. You know, and maybe they got time coming up later on this afternoon or first thing tomorrow morning to right. answer your questions. That's the power of automation, right? Yep. Now you've just automated that whole workflow. And at the end of the road, they've booked a, a time with your sales rep. And oh, by the way, now we can get that answer done. So I'm telling you, man, it, stuff like chatbots, really, really powerful. Yep. The last thing I'll say on this is the, yeah, I'm older. I was like, chatbots, what? Maybe a couple of years ago, <laughs> nobody uses those. You know, Yeah, okay, maybe nobody in my generation, but I'm telling you, all the younger generation, they're completely cool with it. I mean, yep. we've seen the surveys. Yep. Yeah, they don't mind if they're talking to an They know they're talking to an automated AI right. chatbot, but right. that's okay. They're just looking for information. Yep. They're looking for answers. You well, know? and you know, and it's it's something I've come around on a little bit too. There's different places where I find myself using it, in particular, like if I'm dealing like with my internet provider or a phone company mm. or something like that, mm -hmm. my cell phone company, I found many times when I have questions about something where I'm not someone who likes to get on a phone and sit there and talk to somebody yeah. for, for 20 minutes. Right. I just, I can't stand it. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm almost, I'm closer in, in. Oh, especially one of those too. Well, oh. yeah, I, I'm closer in tune to a, to a millennial on that where, you know, they just don't <laughs> like to be on the phone. I get it. Trust me. I'm right there with you. I will take text any day, yeah. but, it's, but that's, you're, you're exactly right. Those conversations with somebody like in technical support or somebody in customer service where they go, where they got to go, what's your account number? What's your zip code? Let me look this up. What are you asking for? And it's like, look, I just, I just want you to tell me how I can get, you know, MLB Network today or something right. without pay right. extra, whatever it is, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. I'm a big fan of that kind of stuff. And the best part about it is it's something you can multitask with. Mm -hmm. So I can be on a page with a chat bot with somebody. Mm -hmm. And while they're doing their, well, I got to look some stuff up. And and you know what they're actually doing is probably switching over to five other conversations. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And running through those in yeah. a circle before they come back to you. Right. I can say, you know what? That's fine. I'm not sitting here waiting on the phone, bored out of my mind, waiting for you to come back. Mm -hmm. I can switch over my other screen. I can do some work, keep an eye on the, mm -hmm. the chat. And when you pop up and, you know, and, yeah. and respond, you'll either ping me or I'll see the message come up yep. and go from there. It's yeah. all part of that user experience yeah. again. Well, let's uh, talk a little bit about a help desk, yeah. though. I mean, a help desk, I think, manifests itself in a lot of different ways. And and I don't know. I'm, I'm seeing that as kind of more of a, a, rep or a reservoir, if you will, of information that people can tap into. Yep. Is that what the, the notion it is could, here? Yeah, it could be anything from, I know a lot of people think of help desk and they start immediately thinking of like IT in the sense of technical support. Mm. And it's not necessarily always technical support. It can be part of that. But you're, to your point, yes, it can be a, a, like an FAQ even mm -hmm. or a hub that you mm -hmm. come to. And you see these again on a lot of different websites where you come to it and it says, hey, what do you need help with today? Mm -hmm. And it'll it'll give you some options to select. And then you select one of those options and maybe it gives you options to pick, hey, do any of these topics answer your question? And if they don't, then you can create a ticket basically. And that ticket gets created and sent to whoever it needs it needs yep. to be sent to and router yep. wherever it needs to go. Again, all that's simple happening, automation. Automation, yes. Mm -hmm. You're there's no human involved until you get to the point where somebody gets to either a question that your stuff can't answer or something where someone else absolutely needs to intervene. Oh, and by the way, it would not be hard to set that up. And, you know, I know no. some people are probably sitting back and oh my gosh, I wouldn't even know where to start. Here's where you start. You go talk to your sales reps, you just pull them into yep. a room for an hour or your service support people or your technical staff and say what is the most common questions that you guys get yep. and gals get on a, on a daily what basis? What do you find yourself repeating yourself At over, and over and over again? And just let them talk. Right. And then write them down, and there's your FAQ. Yep, <laughs> there's exactly. the, there's the start of your help desk. It's like a it's a two hour process, yeah. right? Have a writer in the room taking the notes or whatnot, yep. and boom, you've got you've got your start. Because to, I guarantee you, you sit anybody honestly in any role. It doesn't matter what they do. You sit someone down and ask them, "What are you commonly?" asked about you know if, mm -hmm. if you're customer facing in any way or you mm -hmm. have some you have, if you in any way your job relies on someone contacting you mm -hmm. and asking you a question or gathering information there is probably at least 
a dozen things you can think of that you are always asked about. Like, yeah, I get asked about this all the time, and I have to do this every single time they ask about it. Just imagine it, it, making that automated, just saying mm-hmm. that, telling that person, hey, guess what? You will never have to answer that question again <laughs> because when someone comes and asks it, we're going to send them right here and give them all the information that you normally give them. Uh, yeah, And now you can instead deal with the big problematic cases that right. actually require some work. Or spend a little bit more time in nurturing this particular customer's question or something yeah. like that that's a little bit deeper. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's good stuff there. Again, all part of that user experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, when you get into stuff like profitability and growth, um, you know, hiring, onboarding, I'm going to skip to that one real quick because that's one that, you know, kind of fits the overall model where, you know, if it's very easy for you to uh, to get someone to apply for a job mm-hmm. where you are and maybe even there's some behind-the-scenes automation you can do with screening, mm-hmm. you know. And I know there's a lot of, you know, websites out there that help you do that, like ZipRecruiter, you know, mm-hmm. et cetera, that, that will – you know, let you put in parameters of what you're looking for and immediately mm-hmm. filter people out or help you find the right kind of people to bring them in to begin with. But again, anything you can automate there before you get to that interview stage, why not? There's no reason that somebody has to be asking very, very basic questions, you know, and, and ruling someone out within the first conversation, like, oh, this person is nowhere near what I want, yeah. when you could have potentially filtered them out to begin with. Man, I'm telling you, you know, having worked for a small business, uh, I get it. When, when, when somebody, when there's a need to hire, whether somebody left or your business is expanding or whatnot, it is a lift to hire people if you do not have any kind of HR department. So it's like, oh, you got to start with the job description. You got to, I mean, you're putting a lot of effort into it. And then you get this onslaught of of people that have applied. And it's like, how do you even go through the process? Yep. It is not uncommon. It's not uncommon for us today. We post something, we'll get hundreds of 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 respondents to it. And it's like, oh my God, how do you start there? So and this you can is probably a good cut one. half of them out right from the beginning. Right. Yeah. Th- so there are tools out there. I mean, I'm, kudos for bringing this one up. You know, it's one of those things that's like nobody wants to talk about. But if you spend, again, like all these automations that we're talking about here, if you spend a little bit of time here, have some uh, pre qualifying questions and stuff like that, maybe you're going to cut those 100 applicants down to 20. Right. And oh my God, when you're a small business, just that alone and saving the hours that you would have of trying to navigate all these. I mean, I get it. I've been there where yeah. now you're starting to scroll through people. You know, when you've got a thousand resumes or a thousand applicants to look for, you're like, oh my God, you turn into your own AI. You're looking for just specific words. You know, does this person, right, whatever, right. do they do this? If they don't do this, they're gone. They're gone. They're gone. Right. And you don't know. You're, you're, you're starting to make arbitrary decisions. But again, put a little thought behind I don't like the it. font this resume is in. <laughs> right. They're gone. <laughs> But like, those are the types of decisions right, you make. Exactly. I mean, you know, when you've got a hundred of them, it's like, oh yeah, this person who would make their resume look like that out reject, <laughs> but maybe they were highly qualified. Right, exactly. Like, and, 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 you know, again, if you can have some automation that can help you make some of those decisions first and drop yeah. onto your desk, Hey, these 10 candidates are exactly what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Now you just have to go work with them and talk to them and start mm-hmm. that process. And maybe you make an introductory phone call and eliminate another four or five, and then you're down to your real legit pool. So, All right. So we've helped people with customer service on the chat bot and helped us side. We've got full automation on PSA, a little bit on the hiring side, right. HR. We've touched all those. Are we going to touch marketing? Well, I mean, is that, we is are marketing too, guys. So. Is that too, like, that's too deep. Like, how are we going to just stay on the surface of automating marketing? Because well, you can do that's, that. that's true. It is, you know, it, there's a lot of depth you can get into in automating marketing. But I think kind of at the base level is just being able to at least, even just some basic functional marketing, like, being able to create a database of your customers, being able to add someone to a marketing you know chain 
uh, when they interact with your brand in some way, when mm-hmm. when someone gives you some contact information, having that background where every interaction with someone in your world, whatever customer it is, whether it's the guy buying the $5 thing or the woman who is trying to, you know, reinvent her entire company and needs a fully, you know, full new enterprise solution that you're going to spend years working on. Every one of those people is someone you need to be marketing to at some mm-hmm. point in some way or another, because you never know when the guy spending buying the $5 widget is the CEO of the company tomorrow that, mm-hmm. that you're going to want to have that connection with. So mm-hmm. it's, I think that's a starting point is, are you, are you able to collect all of the information coming at you from your customers or customers, customers, potential customers and existing as well and collect that somewhere where you can parse it out and figure out who is who and what kind of messages do I want to start sending to them? How do I want to keep in touch with them? Nice. How do I want to be connecting with them? Yeah. And making that as automated as possible where you're not you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time mm-hmm. that you want to, you know, to ex, you know, express that there's a new product coming out from Zebra and you want to get the word out mm-hmm. to everybody in warehousing. You should already know these are all my people in warehousing. Click and send. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm ready to go with that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a great starting point. Again, we could dive deeper in this. We could have James Cordier. Well, I agree with that. I'm going to go one other area on the marketing side because, you know, it's a word that we talk a lot about, or in, at least in years past, really a lot, and it's nurturing. And one of the ways that automation can help your team your company in marketing is through nurturing. And nurturing can manifest itself, yes, on prospects, but also, by the way, on existing customers. So one of the areas that you might want to consider when you when you when you dive a little bit deeper into marketing, some of the tool sets that are out there, think about the nurturing. You know, if you're again, if you're a small reseller, you don't have a lot of resources, maybe you've got a sales team out there and they, they went to an event or they were on an online event and they've got this list of people uh, and you're starting to interact with them, but you know, they're all at very varying stages of maybe buying from you in the pipeline or wherever they are in the funnel. Uh, when the nurturing can, you, when you automate nurturing, you can really be helpful there. I mean, maybe it's just pinging them with some content from time to time. Or like one way that we've done it, when we bring on a new customer, we nurture them with additional information. Hey, here's a little bit more about Blue Star uh, type of a thing. So it's like this automated touch that happens that helps with the customer experience. And, and that's that's a way, right? That's what we're talking about here, improving customer service through marketing automation. One way, hey, you're a new customer. Thanks so much for, for you know, being a, a customer of ours. Oh, by the way, here are all the other ways that we can help right, you. Right. And here's $5 for a cup of coffee so that you can have a cup of coffee and read about it type of thing. Um, it can also help you on existing customers through uh, just make, raising visibility and stuff like that. So there's just so many ways that marketing and the automation can bring forward forward and nurturing the messages that you're trying to get out to your to those groups well and i think also again it gets back to this idea of having a conversation with the people who have to do this stuff every day Mm. we talk a lot of we've talked frequently on the show about having a a synergy and a connection with your sales team something that sometimes marketing departments forget about like hey (laughs) you're doing all this marketing and it's great but is it really doing what your salespeople needed mm-hmm, to do? Is it mm-hmm. really bringing? Is it bringing people to their desk, mm-hmm. to their phone, to their email that are asking them for these things? Or are you just shooting stuff out in there and just seeing what happens? You know, like just you know, uh, uh, show up and throw up as we as, as we used to call it. You know, just like whatever. <laughs> Let me just throw it all out here and see if yeah. something sticks with somebody, rather yeah. than being you know strategic and targeted about it. 
Well, I think it goes back to that same thing again, where maybe you pull in your sales team and say, hey, what could what should marketing be doing for you? Mm-hmm. And just an example popped in my head, because you mentioned something about going to shows. How many times have you know you've been to a show when you were in sales or um, know people even from the marketing level that go to a show and they collect a ton of business cards yep. and they come back and there's right. all these business cards of people that are interested. It's a little pile on their desk. What yeah. do you do with all those? Are you just shoving them in a drawer somewhere? You just open up the drawer and just you know <laughs> file them in there. Like what are you actually doing with those? Well, one simple automation that is available in a lot of different CRMs these days is. Being able to scan a business card, pull all the relevant information off of it, yep. go straight into your CRM, yep. straight into your marketing process, yep. and you're done. You can throw that yep. card away as soon as you as soon as you got it. Yep. You've got everything you need out of it. That is a one very simple piece of automation that I guarantee a lot of your sales folks that are out there at shows and are getting those cards would love to have me. Would say, you know what? I don't need to take your business card. Let me scan this real quick. Great, you can save that for the next guy. Yeah, that's gonna lose it on his way. It's back out there. And, and by the way, if you don't have a CRM that has that kind of functionality, maybe you yeah, should start looking at, at yeah. different ones because that's there. It is. I mean, yep. yeah, right. Scan. Oh, by the way, and if you have the workflows in the background already mapped out, it's gonna send them the email. Hey, yep. you know, thanks so much. Here's a little bit more about yep. us. Exactly. Oh, and then three months later or whatever, whatever whatever you want in your workflow, it's going to touch them again with a little bit more information or right. or things like that. Here's another one I was reading on, on, a, on a story that I thought it was pretty good, like that, that ubiquitous contact us button, right? You go to a website, you're finding out a little bit of information. So we got resellers out there. They got whatever. They got a prospect that came to their website and, oh, you know what? I'm interested. Yeah, I'm not going to call them, but I'll hit the contact us button. And hey, you know, I'm interested in a little bit more information on whatever right. uh, that you got. And they hit send. You know that you can automate a, a an answer to that because what's more frustrating they were they were running some statistics if if you don't answer a contact us within the first 30 minutes uh, i forget it's like 20 percent attrition of people that are no longer interested in in your company so one way automation can help maybe it fires back an email within five minutes and says hey we got your message you know, we got somebody on it, and we'll be in contact with you shortly. Yeah. You know, even if I get that, and I get it, because I've had that happen to me before. You know, like, I'll contact us, okay, fire it off. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Then five minutes later, even if I get that, it's like, oh, okay. I, you know, I'm I, on their list somewhere. My favorite one is the ones where you do that, and you forget about it entirely, and like a week later, somebody goes, hey, we got your email about this. Like, oh, right? really? <laughs> That's oh, nice. I bought now? from someone six days ago, but thanks for playing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean seriously, yeah. and, and I'm I'm amazed how often that stuff happens. That you you do that. Like, what was the point of having that on your website? Don't put a contact us button on your website if you can't respond within at least 24 hours. Like, I mean, 20 minutes would be is ideal, obviously. Yes, and you oh, the quicker man. the better. But if you're not going to take care of that within at least the day after they sent you that message, then just don't do it. Just don't do it. Just yeah. do, take that button right off your site. And who cares at that point? <laughs> it's, it's worth. Say, how do you get a hold of us? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> We're, we'll be around. We'll come to you. We got we had a door. You could knock on the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've still got a physical space you can come visit. Sure. Here's oh, our address. Oh, man. Yeah. And it's actually the place they used to be, and they moved from that six months ago, but never updated the site. Yeah. yeah. That, but that gets into my whole, like, you know, come on, your websites. And, and I mean, and not to dive down that hole, but there's, you know, I, I think that's one place also where... We've talked a lot of this automation we've talked about would live at the the website level or the True. level where someone True. is is connecting mm-hmm. with you 
before they ever have a conversation with anyone, before they ever meet anyone face-to-face. Well, that's our life, though, right? It is, I mean, that's how we live. Even if you're interested in new company, you're going on the website, you're looking at it, right? Yep. So if someone's coming to your site, my biggest beef, you know, always there, beyond even the automation or the the way that people can connect with you there is make sure that damn site is up to date Mm -hmm. at all times. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there should be somebody who is making sure that every bit of information is up to date, that your links aren't broken. I know stuff happens, but there's nothing more frustrating in the world to me than when I go to a website, click on something and go, and it says, like, you know, page not found. Or I click on something else and, you know, like, you know, check out our blog for the latest and greatest of what's happening at our company. You click on the last post was 2020. Right. Or 2014 or something. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. You're like, whatever. (laughs) Even, again, it's 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 almost May of 2021. This this episode comes out. I think it'll be almost May of 2021. And if it's uh, if if your last post was 2020, that's still too long ago. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Anyway, so there's my my ramble there. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk about. Is there any other kind of automations we recommend? One that popped up to me immediately when I thought of this was because I already kind of talked about this about what, what Blue Star has done mm-hmm. is the whole idea of data analytics and reports. If you know your sales team, if there's you know or anyone in your organization that is required to frequently run reports, analyze data you know, scan through some analytics. Again, this is the kind of stuff we've talked about this on this mm-hmm. show many times about your end users mm-hmm. and all the ways that data, automation, analytics, uh, faster reporting can benefit them and is stuff that you should be partnering up with software companies to get out there and figure out like, hey, we can analyze all your data and make, you know, smart recommendations about what you should be doing next in your business. Mm-hmm. If you're not doing that internally, then it's, again, practice what you preach. Here. Yeah, right. Uh, holistically That's a big agree. One yeah, yeah, absolutely. One that I'll throw on the table uh, that I was reading about, and I love this one. And man, I wish people would do more of what I'm just about to say. Generate repeat business, right? So yep. you can automate some of that. Every single reseller that's listening to this, unless you're in digital signage, maybe, but uh, like if you're in a consumable business, yep. you are selling a printer, you're selling something that yep. has paper, ink, something battery. like that around it, battery, yeah. you know, 100%. Something so, that's going to have to be replaced. So think about using automation to generate that repeat business. I'm going to give Jessica Croth, who is our media manager here at Blue Star, a shout out because she's always like, man, you know, our resellers just don't get it that there's all this additional revenue that they can get just by asking people to purchase their consumables through them and then getting that on a repeat business. So um, some of our some of our customers have e-commerce. Of course, if you have an e-commerce system where you sell anything online and you're not getting into some type of repeat business where you're just sending people reminders, hey, you know, looks like you bought receipt pin or whatever, paper 30 days right, ago, right. you need some more, need some more uh, kind of a thing. Yep. I mean, that is, or even if it's just an email, you know, that is reminding your customers of the consumables that you can help them out with. It, you know, these are the types of things that, yeah, there is a high, pro- I guarantee you our resellers are making a high profit margin on those t- types of things. So think about the things that are high margins for you and use those as automated reminders back to your people to generate more business and or repeat business. I yeah. love that one. Well, I like just an example. I bought, when we, we moved into our new home two and a half years or so ago, bought a refrigerator. Mm-hmm. And, you know, did the whole sign up for the warranty thing online, you know, you know, register the, the product or whatever. Every six months, that manufacturer still sends me an email saying, hey, it's time to change your water filter. There you go. Granted, I don't buy it from them. I go buy it on Amazon for a little yeah. cheaper. But, but certain percentage probably does. That's true. That's a yeah. good point. And there's also the fact that, like, you know, 
there's times when for some reason you go to buy something on Amazon or wherever you're buying it and you just can't get it. It's just mm-hmm. not available there. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the 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 month that you go, you know what? Uh, that's right. They GE contacted me and said I can buy this from them. I'm going to just go ahead and place an order from them instead. But it's that constant reminder that, I mean, one, it's it's a it's a good customer service practice where you're reminding someone like, hey, you do need to do this, you know? It's time right? to change your yeah. filter. I agree. The, the fridge like will tell you, but you know it's still a good practice to remind them. Like, hey, it's that time to do that. And mm-hmm. by the way, you can do that with us. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just simple little things like that. You're right. That should that stuff should be automated. There's there's no reason for anyone to have any involvement in that other than just behind the scenes knowing like this person bought this, so now they're going to get this email every X amount of months reminding them that it's time to to buy more or get more or renew. Whatever it is, mm-hmm. there's no reason why you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, I'm, absolutely. I'm totally with you on that yeah, one. Yeah. Uh, a couple of the other ones that I uh, threw on here that I thought about, uh, lead response and dispersal. Uh, we kind of hinted at this a little bit when we talked about the chatbot thing about being able to, you know, to book an appointment with somebody in particular. But it could be just as, as simple as when someone is filling out some kind of a contact form, whatever. Yep. Again, behind the scenes. Have that, you know, have a, have a plan of action of where that goes, you know, depending on what their responses were, what they asked for to decide, hey, this goes immediately to this person, this mm-hmm. goes to that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, a way that maybe you can identify when, you know, if you're round robbing it, when people are out of the office, so you don't send it to someone who's not going to be available or who's mm-hmm. tied up in a big project and is not going to have time for new customers right, right. now. Yeah. You know, a smart, smart lead dispersal. You know, our, our uh, Mark Fraker, our VP of marketing, loves to say the whole ice cube analogy. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you set out an ice cube, that's a lead, and the longer it sits there, the more it melts until Absolutely. it's just nothing but a puddle of water and wasted time. Yep, yep. So, you know, don't waste that time mm-hmm. when you've got a good lead. Get on it as fast as possible and make sure that if you're automating that process that it's going to the right people as quickly as possible. Agreed. Uh, new customer, we talked a little bit about yeah, this, too, right, this whole yeah. idea of onboarding someone mm-hmm, new, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, being able to quickly route them into, uh, you know, uh, an email list of some sort or, you know, if they're brought on board, giving them all the tools that they're going to need to do business with you, whether it's, hey, uh, we're going to need this financial information from you. We're going to need this from you. We're going to need that from you. Uh, by the way, you might want to look into this. It's probably a good idea to sign up for that. All that stuff can all be automated. All that stuff. Absolutely. And every company has that. And, you know, I yep. guarantee you any 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 company that has a customer – which is everybody, uh, right? Your customers don't know everything that you do. I, I'm just going to make that blanket statement yep. because I don't care. I, look, I work for a reseller. We only had 20 employees. It wasn't a big place. But I guarantee you our customers didn't know everything that we do. So it's a good one. Yep. yep. Yeah. And the last couple I've got, e-commerce, uh, which there it's just about if you're using any kind of e-commerce portal, right. yeah. making sure that you are always keeping stock and that your stock is is you know is up to date based on what's actually in stock. Mm-hmm. There's nothing worse than if somebody come to your site and ordering something and then having to email them separately and say, oh, we're actually out of that. <laughs> That's sorry. No, that shouldn't happen. Uh, items in cart. There's a lot of there's a lot of businesses that do this now, where like if you've logged into your account and you put something in your cart and yep. you abandon that cart, yep. you're going to get an email about it saying, "Hey, right. hey, you left these items in your cart. Mm-hmm. You sure you don't want these? Oh, mm-hmm. and here's 10 percent off if you come back and buy these mm-hmm. right now." Mm-hmm. Uh, and then shipping updates, which you know, again, it's it is it is 2021. Oh. That's a big one. Everybody, and especially again after the last year, everybody expects to know where their stuff is at mm-hmm. all times. Mm-hmm. If you're not able to provide that for them, you are missing out, and you are creating a bit of a, a customer service 
itching point for yeah. a lot of people. Like, yeah. where's my stuff? You yeah. know, like it's it's fine if my stuff is going to get delayed today for some reason, as long as you're telling me about it. Yeah, yeah. And if your customers, by the way, need that pain or having that pain point for all of our ADC uh, resellers out there, just call Terry Miller over at ShipTrack <laughs> at Descartes. That's now. right. Yeah, that's he right. He can help you out. And then the very last one I had on here was email list cleanup. Oh. Um, and this kind of goes back to the marketing side of things. Preaching to the choir. You're gonna you are gonna collect a lot of emails over time and and. I guarantee of the emails you have, probably more than 50% are bad at this point. Yeah. Either somebody that just doesn't use it anymore, Moved never on. responds to it, mm-hmm. is unsubscribed in some mm-hmm. way, and maybe they didn't get unsubscribed. You know, there's you there's automation you can set up to make sure that that stuff's getting cleaned out of your CRM so you're mm-hmm. not wasting time reaching out to these folks mm-hmm. and adding them to any new marketing lists or new information all the time. Get them out of the way. If you're if you've been pinging these people for a year and they've never responded, never engaged, don't buy from you. You're getting undeliverables. There's no reason they should be in your database anymore. Maybe we do that as a 2.0 to this podcast. You know how what to do with your automation now that it's in place. That's a good one. Point. Of the things is you got to clean stuff up every now and then. You know these robots and all this automation can create a mess every now and then. That's that is a, a, very a digital good point. mess in, yes. in the data and in the stuff like. Once that. again, so, you yeah. still have to have some humans around. You know, like <laughs> the robots aren't replacing us. They're not infallible. I yeah. need to tell you that. Yeah. Man, we so, covered a lot here. I'm we telling did. you, we got some automation. If you're not if you're not sold on automating some part of your business at this point in time, come on. No doubt. Well, yeah. as I mentioned, I'm gonna put the link to our Tech Connect today uh port or the Tech Connect portal for one thing for you to subscribe to the newsletter. I'll put the previous newsletter out where you can check that out. Definitely get uh get signed up, get subscribed so you can get content like this and a lot more in your inbox. It was a monthly, is that what we're sending out? Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, yes. Uh, and of course, as always, uh, well, for one, we want to thank our sponsors, uh, Elo, Epson, Zebra, Honeywell. Thank you so much for sponsoring and supporting our show. Mm-hmm. If you want to reach out to us, we don't have automation set up for because we're not getting enough emails yet, and we need to, <laughs> or enough tweets sent our way. I'd be happy to automate that process. There we go, yes. You can email us, techconnect at bluestarink.com. You can find us on Twitter at, at techconnectpod. All right, well, let's wrap up with our recurring segments. The value to the VAR. This is one I don't feel like we're going to need to spend a lot of time on because no. this entire conversation has been valued to the VAR yep. as far as I'm concerned. Yep. But, you know, is there anywhere that you would recommend VARs look first to automate their business? And do you think there's any kind of downside to automation at all? Well, okay, so there's going to be some downside. I'm going to go to the first part. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to harp on marketing and maybe the chatbot and just bring that one back up to the top because I think that marketing obviously has such an impact on a business. You want to be out there and if you can automate these touches that you're that you're giving to prospects and current customers, put a little thought behind it, make sure that you have the mechanism in place that can do that, it's going to reap rewards. Yep. I guarantee you that's one thing that it's going to help your top line by increasing sales and stuff like that. Uh, one little one is chatbots. I mean, I think that it's so easy to integrate. We we were a little, you know, I don't know if we we're going to go down that route, but now that we've done it, it's like, dude, why didn't we do that, yep. you know, whenever yep. uh, ago? And we need to put it more places. So those are the two that I would say. Is there downside? Yeah, there can be some downside. You need to be careful when you're putting stuff in. Uh, as we just talked about, you know, and maybe a follow up to this one, there is that 2.0. You want to make sure your automation is working, that, you know, that it's still relevant in what it is. Even if it's if it's invoicing or whatever it is, you can't just set it and let it and forget it forever. Right. You need to go back and make sure that it's still hitting the mark on what you want it to do and how it's executing your customer service, your whatever it is, whatever you were asking it to yeah. do. So anyway, you got to, you, you know, you want to make sure there isn't, any, anything going yeah. wrong. I'll completely agree with you on that. You know, just keeping tabs on things is the potential downside. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a downside downside. It's more of a, hey, 
just just yeah, make sure that it's still doing what it's supposed to be done because there are times occasionally where I'll look into something and be like, oh, this automated thing we've done is actually doing something very wrong and we're missing out on you know X Y Z number of people that we should have been contacting. Mm-hmm. As for uh, what they should do first, I'm I'm very much in agreement with you on the marketing side, and I also think of like CRMs for instance, and assuming you have a CRM, if you don't have a CRM, you should for one thing. And you should be paying attention to what's available in that CRM. But also pay attention to what actually is in there that maybe you're not using. Yeah. Because I think more often than not, people will sign up for this and say, hey, I've got this. This is a great place where I can store all my contact information Mm -hmm. and keep details about leads and business. Which is great. Perfect. That's what you're supposed to be using it for, obviously. But most modern CRMs have a lot of additional stuff you can do with them that may cost you nothing extra or very little extra from what you're already using. Mm-hmm. Look into that stuff. And I guarantee there's going to be automation tools. So it might be a good time. Sit down with your CRM provider and say, hey, you know, we're using this for this right now. What should we be using it for that's in here that we don't know about? Or what could we add on that would be fairly inexpensive that's going to change our business? Have that conversation because I guarantee you they're going to be excited to tell you about, hey, you're not using automated emails. We've got a whole automated email yeah. process in this. Yeah. You're not oh, using that way. at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, we've got uh, we've got a whole entire uh, marketing section that you could be using here that you guys have barely even touched. You know, <laughs> let's let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. No reason not to have that conversation. Hundred so. percent. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap up with what's tech connecting with you. This is where we talk about any kind of piece of tech, science, innovation, something that's caught our attention or has uh, got us excited and interested right now. Dean, what's tech connecting with you? Well, right this now? caught my attention. It's not an innovation. Innovation, but around Blue Star, it is internship season, I guess, right? You got a lot of college folks that are looking for internships. I stumbled across an article that really kind of bummed me out a little bit. The 25 highest paying internships for 2021. All right. So this is an article that's that's delineating what certain uh, entities will pay interns. So I guess it's they're all going to be higher than what we make. <laughs> right. So so back in the day when I was in college, you know, I, internships were around. And and if you I, I, I did two unpaid internships. Why? Because you're just trying to get the experience. Right. right? right. You just want to get out of your world. This is what I'm studying. Any kind of experience just for a couple months. Show me what it is that right. I'm getting into and 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 and. Yeah, you know, either reinforce, yeah, I'm in the right field, or no, maybe this isn't for me and I, I need to pivot, whatever. Right. So we, we took unpaid internships. No big deal. Now, you know, okay, now if we pay them, we'll pay them some dollars, you know, but it's not, yes, it's above minimum wage, but it's not anything. Okay. So what do you think is the highest paying internship or, or at least the, some of the top ones? I'm sure it's probably like at Google or Apple or something. Yes. You know, okay. So yeah. you got the companies right. Yeah. Right. So uh, the, all these internships are right around $8,000 per month, which annualized is wow. $96,000 a year. I told you I was going to depress you. Ugh. Facebook, you can get an internship right now, Mark, or John, uh, or Mark, uh, at, at Facebook. Now, this is remote, so you can be anywhere. They're paying the median monthly pay for interns is $8,023. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, uh, do you think these these companies just they have too much money, right? They yeah, they, they have too much money. LinkedIn, they're paying a paltry $8,009 a month. How competitive must those internships oh be? Oh my gosh. It, they must get thousands and Cut thousands and sure, thousands yeah. of resumes. Salesforce is on the list. Microsoft is on the list. This one's surprising. Uber is on the list. What? I guess if you work for their place in San Francisco right, at, right. Their, at their corporate office. Google, Exxon, Apple, Intuit, BlackRock, American Express, VMware. These are all people. Yeah, and now right. I'm getting down into the mere 
$6,500 oh. per month, you know, so what, I don't know what that is annually. So anyway, yeah, that kind of rubbed 70, me the wrong way. I'm yeah, like, there's great. interns out there making a hundred grand. Come on. What? No, that's annualized. So I'm assuming they're <sighs> only doing that for a couple months. Ah, did I bum you out? Sorry. So bit. yeah, there's my there's my tech beef. It's, you brought up the it's tech sad beef that I can work time. somewhere six months at one of these places and make my same salary that I make <laughs> in a year, you know, <laughs> or something to that effect. That's depressing. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, the next one I'm going to bring up. Then uh, I'm, I'm not going to tell you what the top paid LA lifeguard earned in 2019. No, I don't really care. Okay, I'll bring that up <laughs> in my next tech beef then. All right. Astronomical. Yeah, good point. What's your, what's that connecting with you? So every now and then I like to throw out a TV show because you know I just can't think of anything else sometimes. <laughs> and streaming services are technology, right? And this yes. is something on a streaming yes. service, yes. even though it's not science fiction or tech related. Yes. But one of my favorite new shows that I'm watching at the moment, about halfway through the first season, and the reason why I bring this up is because the second season was recently announced um, during Apple's uh, Spring Forward event where they introduced all the new technology. Ted Lasso. On Apple TV Plus, which I know is that service, and most people were just like, "What? What? Yeah." Now it I, is a thing. It, it is a thing, and and I'll be honest, I was not very impressed with that service, you know, up until now. Ted Lasso is probably the first thing I've watched on it that I've been like, "Okay, this is justifies a reason to have this." And honestly, the only reason I even have it is because if you buy like a new Apple device, you can get like a year's worth of Apple TV Plus for free. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a way they're trying to get out there yeah, and promote right, it, I right, guess. Right, right. So like my my mother in law bought a new iPhone last summer, and she's like linked up as part of our family. Unit. Gotcha. So we all got access to Apple TV+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Most of what I've watched on there, I've been like, meh, about... Uh, there's stuff coming, I think it's going to be good. But Ted Lasso is the story of uh, Jason Sudeikis from Saturday Night Live plays a, uh, a college football coach who has been you know, a winning college football coach like at like Division II level, mm-hmm. who gets recruited to take over a uh, a soccer team in, in Britain. Oh, okay. <clears throat> to become the new coach there for this kind of lower level, you know, and we're not talking like, you know, Champions League, Premier mm-hmm, League or anything, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, uh, this lower level uh, soccer club that he gets invited to coach. Obviously, you know, the whole play on the idea of an American in, yes, in, Britain, in Britain and football versus football, <laughs> you know, and, and the real football that the rest of the world knows is football. Right. But, What's charming about it, though, is rather than leaning into any of that cynicism about, you know, America versus, you know, the Mm. rest of the world world. or Europe Mm. or Britain in particular, Ted Lasso is a ridiculously charming and nice and smart individual who comes in and is just, you know, trying to just wow everybody with just simple kindness and niceness. That's the gotcha. premise of the show. It's, it's a hilariously funny show. Okay. But it the premise of, of it is just that niceness can actually matter sometimes. There you go. So I'll be darned. it's all about how he brings this team together and, you know, tries to tries to rally them by being a nice guy, not like some brutal coach that's, mm-hmm, you know, yelling mm-hmm, at them all the time. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you've got all these jaded players who haven't won in years. There's the owner who's had this, you know, drama in her life because because her husband who used to co-in the team left her for a younger woman. Apparently he's been with younger women all along. All this like interesting dynamics between mm-hmm, characters. Mm-hmm. It's a great character show, and it's got some of the best writing I have ever seen on television. I'll be darned. And that's saying a lot that's for you, because I'm someone that pays a lot of attention to yes, writing. Yes, yes. Even my wife was watching with me, and she always jokes that I'm the cinephile who will comment on writing and screenplay right. and yeah. cinematography and all that stuff. We were watching an episode a couple nights ago, and she goes, the writing on this show is so good. See, that it makes all the difference. It really does. A show so, that is well-written, 
it, it just sells itself. Exactly. So mm-hmm. highly recommend Ted Lasso, if, huh? if you have access to Apple TV Plus because you bought a device recently or if you're looking to buy a device or even just want to try it out. I think it's a fairly inexpensive service. Try it out for a couple months. I think a new season's coming in July. Ted Lasso on Apple TV Plus, fantastic, fun show. Nice. Just a very, you know, like almost wholesome kind of show, but yet still like an adult comedy yeah, for right, you know, that's, right, that's right. a lot of fun. Too. Sold. I'm watching so, it. There you go. Yeah. All right. That does it for us. It is time to unplug. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you got some good tips and tricks about automation. Mm-hmm. So until next time, for Dean Reverman, I'm John Martin. Stay connected. Your healthcare customers might think any barcode scanning software will do the trick on their mobile devices, but code and you know better. That's why they created Cortex Decoder, the first integrated soft scanning solution for Epic Rover. Epic was one of the first HIS providers to recognize the need for powerful decoding software built within their applications and designed for mobile devices, combining the familiarity and ease of personal smartphones with enterprise-grade functionality and reliability. Cortex Decoder reads all major barcodes, even ones that are damaged, curved, and from other phones. It offers flexible configuration and uses a mobile device's built-in camera, but unlike freemium apps, has no hidden fees, ads, or security risks. To learn more, contact your Blue Star Code rep or visit the link in the show notes. When choosing a POS solution, choose the leaders in touch technology, ELO. ELO touch computers are the surest, fastest way to get a POS application started and provide long-lasting use with a multitude of options. For modular configurations, ELO has the ELO Pause and iSeries touch computers, which are available in a variety of sizes offering flexible mounting and support for easy customization with a variety of ELO Edge Connect accessories to choose from through self-service and point-of-sale applications. If an all-in-one solution is what your customers need, ELO PayPoint has you covered, offering everything a merchant needs with a fully integrated receipt printer, barcode scanner, cash drawer, and MSR, all in one compact, sleek design. To learn more about how ELO can simplify your next POS project, check out the link in the show notes or contact your Blue Star ELO representative. Powerful printing should be easy, and that's exactly what you get from Zebra's newest advanced desktop printers, the ZD421 and ZD621. Offering direct thermal and thermal transfer models, these printers build on Zebra's proven and popular past for flexible, secure printing in a variety of industries. Ribbon cartridge, RFID, wireless kit, peeler, cutter, full shift battery, touchscreen, these are just some of the features and options available to customize for any need. With a two-year warranty and robust service options to maximize uptime, the new ZD series is designed to last. To learn more, check out the link in the show notes or contact your Blue Star representative.